Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Is it my turn or your turn? I was just trying to remember that whilst I was smiling and ailing. <laughs> what what day is what day is where? Who is what happening? <laughs> this is the most Monday of all Mondays. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture, the podcast that brings soft drinks to the top of the menu. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and lifelong teetotaler. And I'm Kat Brown, author, writer, and four years sober. And welcome to this week's episode. We do have a very exciting guest for you later, who's going to be talking to us all about non-alcoholic spirits. But first, Kat, how has your week been? What's been up with you? I spent it with some of my favourite non-alcoholic spirits. I went to go and see my neighbour Totoro at the Barbican again. And I understand you. Did you love it? I adored it. This was the most magical thing that has maybe ever happened. I was in tears, not because tragic things were happening on stage, but just because everything was so lovely and magical and made me feel very warm and childlike and filled with wonder at the world. I know there were puppeteers on stage. My current working theory is that they are a front. They are a ruse. Mm -hmm. They are there to cover up the fact that actual forest spirits were on stage in front of us and that everything we were seeing was real. They were among us past me had been quite spendy and so I got tickets for row, row four of the stalls Ooh. and I didn't see any strings like none no. none strings no just pure magic it was glorious just a wonderful night out frankly yeah I didn't even check out the soft drinks offerings there I have to say I was so off duty I was just swept up in the magic of it all I, I had a hot chocolate uh, because I felt <laughs> like a small child going to the theatre which was lovely and then have basically been singing pop culture the soft drinks podcast pop culture that doesn't scan at doesn't all scan, but we'll work on it we will work on that, it that earworm is not going anywhere not everywhere has been so impressive i went to gordon ramsay street burger part of their chain this week and i have to say their basic soft drink menu was beyond basic it was the usual kind of coke diet coke water offerings credit where it's due they did also have some milkshakes and three non- non-alcoholic cocktail options and i had one of those and it was nice 
but yeah. I do think their basic soft drink list should not be three drinks. And they had zero non-alcoholic beers because actually yeah. one of my friends who is a drinker, but just fancied a night off, had nothing for him. So uh, mm. I thought that was a bit surprising these days. You expect, you know, and non-alcoholic beer option, at least on a menu in a place like that. Yeah, and particularly as we've seen stories this week about the sheer numbers of restaurants and bars closing down, even after a reasonably okay Christmas, yeah. we sort of perhaps stupidly as customers hoped that we'd seen the back of that, but it really seems that the economic backlash after the pandemic really is continuing to affect our favourite bars and restaurants. We need mm. to keep going to them, which I did this week by supporting my lovely local restaurant, SW16, my sister-in-law's sister, I think, part owns it. So I should probably declare that uh, the staff are lovely. And crucially, they have an excellent soft drinks menu. And this Ooh. week I got to try Mother Root the first time. Ooh, exciting. Yes. As part of a ginger ricky cocktail, which was just delicious. It was Mother Root, so that lovely sort of ginger, non-alcoholic, almost liqueur and and sort of just sodery loveliness. And it, it was just so fresh and gorgeous and it made me feel slightly more alive than I usually do in January. And then I followed that up the other day with one of the you and I kombuchas. I think I went for lavender and lime, uh, which I was purely led to do by listening to James Acaster and co banging on about how delicious it was on the Off Menu podcast. And so I was like, ooh, a celebrity kombucha. That was really super nice. Sounds um, delicious, wow. Yeah, it's really good. It's got... Uh, there's one they do, which I think is possibly lime and salt. I'm getting all the flavors wrong here. I'll write them on Instagram. And again, just that salt just lifts everything and makes it taste so clean alongside all the usual weird and delicious bunglings going on underneath every kombucha. But today's What Are We Drinking is so much less visually exciting, Helen. What are we drinking this week? Today we are drinking a cup of tea. We had a chat about this and we decided we both needed a cup of tea to record this episode. I am, however, being extremely fancy because what I had to hand is Fortnum and Mason Royal Blend tea. You Thank just you happened much. to have that to hand, you she-she-she-she well, Here's what happened. Uh, I, I am, I'm showing this to Kat. You're just going to take, have to take her word for it. I've got this little tiny box here, this little tiny tin, in which I was given five of these tea bags, and they're lovely, what? you know, pyramid uh, tea bags, um, in some kind of goodie bag at some point yeah, that I received, um, nice. probably longer ago than I should have really taken to drink it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, so I'm being an extremely bougie, fancy person today with my tea choice, and then a little bit of milk on top because I'm not I that, that refined. How about you? <laughs> so I am going to blow everybody's minds. If you're into yogi tea, which I only found out about through a university friend who went on to become an opera singer, as you obviously do, it's the traditional obviously. path. One of their teas called Throat Comfort, which oh, is absolutely delicious. I've no idea how herbal tea manages to taste like thick and unctuous and sweet considering that most of it tastes of lightly flavoured bath water, but this really does. Anyway, I was in M&S the other day and they brought out aniseed fennel and licorice infusion tea bags, which are basically uh, throat comfort by any other name, except these ones just come in little silken pyramids with like no strings or anything. It's about 2 for a pack of 15. And considering that I usually go through herbal tea like nobody's business in my giant Dunoon half litre mugs, which I hugely recommend, I get the Glencoe ones off eBay. That just keeps me warm and happy. Absolutely. So it goes, yeah, I'm in my uh, Emma Bridgewater Emma Bridgewater, yes, mug. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is vaguely witchy and is called Extra Strength Magic Potion. But yeah, this is one of the half pint mugs. I did think about going full 
not quite tea ceremony, but like proper teapot make the whole thing a bit more of an occasion, which I do sometimes, especially if I'm like spending mm. a day writing really hard on something. I've got a feature to write or a you know, book chapter or something like that. I will literally make myself big teapots and oh. and sit here all day. But now I'm just roughing it. Roughing it? Can we say roughing it in an I, Emma Bridgewater I, mug? You know what I mean. I don't think Emma Bridgewater allows roughing it of any kind. <laughs> Actually, I've started collecting Emma Bridgewater mugs almost without realising it. Because a few years ago, I went to go and see Gifford Circus, which Clover Stroud's sister, Nell, had set up. Nell Gifford, who died in 2019. And it's a beautiful, what they call like a village green circus. So everything just feels like it's come out of a beautiful locked fancy dress box. It's usually directed by a chap called Calma Crystal who does a lot for Glyndebourne and a lot for big shows so the spectacle is there. And then there's also lots of tiny ponies, sometimes little doggies, sometimes chickens, sometimes dubs and lots of really good non-frightening clowns. I've started going to that for my own interest every year and also then again to transport small nieces and nephews and godchildren and that. But Emma Bridgewater is Nell and Clover's half-sister and she always makes like a special circus-specific cup <gasps> mug for each wow. one. So I, I get the mug, I get the tea towel. My house is sponsored by Emma Bridgewater Goes to the Circus. Well, I may be able to beat that because I was coming back from a wedding in Liverpool last year and I had to drive the whole way home on the Sunday, having driven the whole way up there on the Saturday. And I decided the best way to break up the journey would be to stop in Stoke-on-Trent and go to the Emma Bridgewater factory. No. Yes. Oh my God. And paint some pottery of my what? own. Yeah. So I have official, very amateurish looking Emma Bridgewater mug and bowls here in the house. The handwriting that they have on the mugs is absolutely exquisite and I mean I tried to paint like hello and goodbye on my front door during lockdown whilst I was clearly having a paint-induced nervous breakdown it's bloody hard what did, I didn't how, try did to you... write anything because I just knew that was a hiding to nothing so I just used they have like you know the little sponges to do the sort of press on shapes and and I did some of those like I say extraordinarily amateurish this is a properly made Emma Bridgewater mug which is much more attractive but yeah it was a fun day out it's nice to be three again and just play with paint oh you know so hey well i think helen we do have a pop culture instagram and i will be commanding you to <laughs> empty your phone and show me pictures of this mug otherwise i'm just going to get really invasive the next time i come round. we have a deal less joyfully perhaps in the news uh, was something that really really shocked me this week, uh, along with obviously the closure of so many restaurants and bars, but it was that the brewer Brewdog, who own lots and lots of bars around the UK and also have pretty solid non-alcoholic range of beers, mm -hmm. released a letter saying that they were no longer going to live up to the matching inflation living wage for their workers joining just now. They phrased it very beautifully, but it ultimately comes down to the fact that they're not keeping in step with our Tory government. So interesting, interesting there. It's not a great look really is it and and this is a was sort of started as a small-scale craft brewery and, and you know with all the kind of write-on messages that you would want to hear from a new company and then they've very much gone the way of big business now you know which is you kind of want to see it go the other way you kind of want to see smaller businesses bring those values when they are successful to bigger companies this is what we all hope for when we invest our time and our money and our consumerism in these businesses is that they will be able to bring good practices and, and fairness to a bigger scale and it's disappointing let us say that this has not been the case according to their website they've also extended beyond craft beers and bars to hotels 
So it's like, okay, well, that's fine. But whilst you're scaling up so significantly, can you not remember to look after the people that actually do the things and make the things happen? Yeah. Anyway, as delicious as Hazy AF is, I will be stepping away from BrewDog. In fact, I pretty much have stepped away from BrewDog because I think there are other brewers that do better things with less problematic issues attached to them. And if that sounds all vague and woolly, then hey, I'm sitting here in an electric blanket and a woolen vest. Uh, and I'll <laughs> happily take that position. People can Google if they want to know more about some of BrewDog's uh, less glorious moments in history, I feel like. But yeah, certainly this is not up there with their best decisions. Disappointing. In cheerier non-alcoholic beer news, Mash Gang, who we had a lovely, lovely interview with Mike from Mash Gang and Helen, which is fab. One of my favourite beers when I was listening back to the interview was the one that they'd made a sort of like cereal milk pale ale called Unlucky Charms. And literally the day that the podcast was released, they announced that they were bringing back Unlucky Charms for a limited run. So if you like the idea of beer and cereal without any alcohol and actually just really beautiful cans or just are a rampantly curious person... Google that and I will join you in pulling the ring pool next week. <laughs> Excellent. Something to look forward to. I'm not convinced by beer and cereal, but I'm open to all concepts at the moment. That's the whole point. I mean, point who this. knows, Helen? I've been overthinking what on earth non-alcoholic beer to introduce it to. Maybe cereal is the way forward. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Speaking of excellent interviews mm. that Helen has done, we have yeah. another one. Yes. Yeah, so our guest today is Chris Bax, one of the founders of Bax Botanic. Chris and his wife Rose live in the beautiful countryside of Yorkshire and were inspired by local plants, local flavours, and also by the necessity of them always needing someone to be a designated driver to get home because when you live in the countryside and you don't have fantastic public transport options it is a factor so they created Bax Botanics with that in mind just over five years ago so far they have two non-alcoholic spirits that are designed to be both sustainable and delicious and then they provide sort of pre-mixed cans of those as well and I spoke to Chris over Zoom recently just to find out more about what led into it how they did it and what their plans are for the future so please enjoy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I'm delighted to be joined today by Chris Bax, one half of the team behind Bax Botanics. So this is a fascinating story, I think, because we've talked to a few people who have come up with non-alcoholic drinks because they don't drink. They quit drinking or something like that. But in the case of you and your lovely wife, Rose, I believe it was more a uh, geographical yeah, necessity. Uh, one fair? of the sort of driving factors uh, for it. We both like flavor. We both like food. We both like going out and hospitality. So because we live in the middle of nowhere, so 
someone always had to drive and you would turn up at a pub or a restaurant and there'd be a wonderful wine list. There'd be, you know, the average pub around here will probably have six or seven local beers. How many gins? I don't know. I mean, there's so many gins now. But then you said you were driving and your choice was diminished, to say the least. And certainly diminished to the point where there wasn't really interesting drinks, not really grown up ones. And you didn't feel like you were part of the celebration or part of the joy of being out in hospitality. So having worked with flavours for 20 years or so, we thought, well, let's see if we can use some of the techniques we know to produce something that's a bit more grown up, something that would excite us if we walked into a bar and, uh, and asked for an alcohol free drink. I was a chef, Rose was a plant expert, and when we met, she started trying to teach me about wildflowers. And one day, because I tend to think with my stomach quite a lot, I said, it's lovely, Rose, they're really pretty, but can I eat them? And potentially at that point, she should have, <laughs> she, she, she could have said, you know, sling your hook. But she didn't. She said, I don't know, but let's find out. It's like a whole new ingredients cupboard was just open to me. We did lots of research, just really for fun. It turned into a business and we taught people and consulted about wild flavours. Well, we've been doing it, we're still doing that. And that started in 2004, 2005. So we're, we're nearly 20 20 years in, when we were teaching people and consulting to the food industry, people kept on saying, well, why don't you bring something to market? And we never landed on that product, you know, and one, one that it was, we thought was right for the market, but two, we're a couple of tree huggers. And we thought if we were going to forage stuff, because well, a lot of the stuff, wild ingredients, what we were looking at, we thought, well, there's no way, no way that we can do this ethically, you know, because we're going to have to, you know, if Tesco suddenly decides they want thousands and thousands of bottles we're not going to be able to sustainably forage for things. But then we came upon the idea of the alcohol-free. The original ones were done with foraged ingredients to inspire people again. Then when we were convinced to take it to market, we went for organic fair trade so that we could do it in a really sustainable way. Yeah, it does feel like a lot of these ingredients that give it that kind of delicate, unusual flavour are the kind of things that aren't mass-produced. That must have been something that you had to balance as well as balancing the flavours and balancing the technique. Yeah. Uh, and I don't understand the technique, so you're going to have to explain that to me in a minute. But it, it also must be an idea of, well, what can we get? What can we work with? And especially yeah, well, uh, the sustainability thing is, is high on our list. They obviously have to taste great as well. And there is a limitation. So we went down the route of distillation, much like you would make a gin or uh, any sort of botanical spirit, but with using no alcohol. And alcohol is very, very good at stripping flavour out of ingredients. It, it um, so a lot of the flavour in ingredients is, is in the form of oils, the essential oils we know them as. Alcohol works very well to strip those out and it'll take it out and it, it sort of holds onto those flavours really nicely. When you're doing a water distillation, because we consciously want to go for a 0.0 product rather than a dealkalized product, we thought, well, we're going to have to use particular ingredients that are going to work with water distillation. So we had that limitation, the fact that we wanted it to be sustainable, and the fact that we wanted it to be delicious. Luckily, with the three, 400 ingredients that we were had experimented with over the years, we had a pretty good idea of what to go for. I can't take really any credit apart from being a, a support to creating the recipes because I, I tried several times and they were okay, but they weren't great. Rose, she has full credit of creating the recipes. And yeah, she's done an amazing job. We found an amazing supplier called Organic Herb Trading, who are fair trade, organic. They go far beyond just those labels, the way that they source ingredients. We visited them, worked with them, and only them from the beginning, just because we're so pleased about their sustainable credentials. It was all those things that kind of honed the recipes you've got now. 
Let's talk about those two. I mean, what made those the right? I mean, they're they're delicious. I'll say that. But what made those the um, right? So we actually to created four to start off with. Go out to market and test them. Then we decided to launch just two. And some people say, why did you launch two rather than just one? And then what bring one in? So one is its name is Seabuckthorn. The other one's name is Babina. We think they're very much of the same family, much like family members in a normal family. They have very different characters. It was interesting when Rose was designing the flavors. She didn't just think about what they taste like but what type of time and mood you might want to drink them at so babina is the bright exciting zingy one it's enlivening it really stimulates the palate it's got them and babina and it. it's got mint and fennel flavors and then florals to back those up i call it my deck chair drink because i think about it sitting in the sun watching cricket watching wimbledon it's that with a slice of cucumber in it and some tonic perfect Seabuckthorn is its calmer, more serene sibling, and it's a little bit warmer, it's a little bit more rounded, it's got a little bit of spice in there, it's got the seabuckthorn berries. When they're fresh, seabuckthorn berries are incredibly tart, and they have flavours of peach and passion fruit and citrus in there. But we use dried berries and they change their nature and it gives a little earthiness, almost slightly funkiness to it. That's backed up with rosemary and other Mediterranean herbs, and a bit of spice as well. So if Verbena is my deck chair drink, Seabuckthorn is my Chesterfield sofa drink. Sitting by the fire is my evening drink. And that, again, mixes beautifully with tonic. My choice would be to mix it with a light ginger ale. Warming, spicy, mm. those more warm flavours. And you've got them pre-mixed cans as well, which seems like a good thing. As a young person not drinking, I always suffered of that thing where we would go to the off-licence and they would all get their six-packs. And in those days, at least, there was nothing for me in the off-license, so like nothing. And, and I remember once getting a six-pack of Red Bull in an attempt to up, which was a terrible idea. Don't recommend anyone listening. But it, it feels like now there is a way for me to sort of sit there with my friends when they've got their mixed G&Ts in the little cans. I can sit there with, you know, yeah, I think so. those little um, drinks, which it, is quite handy. Within alcohol-free at the moment, it's very interesting. Despite there being a, a lot of noise around it at the moment, it's still a very emerging sector. And so many people, just like you've just said, are used to having nothing. But now people have choice. And the choice sometimes gets a little bit overwhelming because you just suddenly go from literally having no choice to, oh, there's beer, there's this thing called an alcohol-free spirit. What do I do with that? You know, how do I mix it? There's wine, all these different things like the kombuchas and the sparkling teas. What's wonderful is that there's now people like yourselves doing the podcasts, which are going to help with this educational piece, really, and let people know how to drink these things. I think that was a conscious decision for us that we could produce something that people could, they didn't have to think, how do I mix this? What do I do with it? They could just pop the can and drink it from the can if they wanted. One of the things that I must say about our cans is quite often when people take their drink and then put it into a pre-mixed can form, they will get a food production company to match their drink and make it fizzy and put it in, into a can. And it was really important to us that we didn't do that. So Rose designed a tonic mix and it is actually our liquid. So when you buy a can of Bax Botanics, it actually has the full measure of one of our spirits in there. We actually create the spirit just like we do to go in the bottle. And then it goes off to a canner who mix it with Rose's tonic and then carbonates it and put it in, in a can. That was really important to us because it's authenticity is just everything to us. And especially when you're a young business still establishing yourself, it's important to kind of, I guess, keep Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, we're a really tiny business. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're control freaks, but, but maybe we are. <laughs> we want it to be the best it can possibly be. It's easier to do that if you, you're completely in control. 
Just coming back to this point about suddenly non-drinkers having a lot of choice, which I absolutely agree with. I'm also fascinated by the, the challenge of having essentially, I think, two different groups of non-drinkers. There are the non-drinkers who are either former drinkers or sometimes drinkers. And there are the non-drinkers who have just never acquired a taste for a lot of this stuff, right? So one of the things we're going to be dealing with in the show is me trying non-alcoholic beer and trying to find one that I like because so far they just tasted beer and I don't like beer because I never learned. So I'm kind of interested, you know, was that something that you guys thought about? You know, did you think about, well, this will scratch the gin itch for people, but will it also kind of scratch an itch um, for people who don't drink yeah, gin? Yeah, so it was interesting because we've been labelled an alcohol-free gin and when we created our products, we never intended it to be gin. Oh, wow. So we've never called it a gin ourselves. We have one award and one accolades for being the best alcohol-free gin. But if you look at the definition of a gin, obviously take away the alcohol content. It has to have juniper in it. And juniper is not part of Bax Botanics. There's a very good reason for that because juniper is almost impossible to get good flavour out of using water distillation. So it means if you want to get juniper flavour in there, um, it's very difficult. And quite often people are resorting to artificial flavouring in order to get that in there. Obviously that's not in our thoughts at all. But we kind of thought we're not trying to replace alcohol. So I don't want something that's going to be a direct replacement because I can never replace that. There are fundamental things that alcohol tastes like and does and its mouthfeel. You know, it has all those different things that you can't possibly really replace. And why would you want to really? You don't really want to recreate it. I don't really understand vegans eating, you know, vegan burgers that bleed, you know. I mean, it's just like, ugh. So why would we, why would we create this thing? We just wanted to make a really grown-up drink. It wasn't about replacing alcohol. In the end, it does mix with tonic, like a gin and tonic, but you can put it in with a fizzy water and it, it works with that. It worked great in cocktails, but it's not, it's not really a, a, a direct copy. You're not trying to copy alcohol. It's, it's producing a new product that appeals to the adult palate, allows sophistication and luxury. That's what we went for, not that sort of copy of a gin. It is a really interesting point about replacement yeah. versus... I wanted to ask about the sort of luxury end of the thing as well, because you, you get a lot of people's response to drinks like Bax, to drinks like Seedlip, to drinks like the non-alcoholic cocktails I see in a lot of restaurants, going, why does this cost pretty much as much as, a, as an alcoholic drink? And I assume to some degree it must be a question of scale and a question of the process being um, in, almost equally complicated. I think you hit a nail on the head, but if I address some of those points, so I can't tell you in five years how many times people have, in not particularly nice ways, thrown that question at me. If you're looking at parity in the quality of the drink that we produce and you want to look at an alcoholic drink, you're looking at a craft gin, which would probably retail at over £40. So let's take the duty out of that, which is maximum £12. So you're still at £30. And then look at our product, which is at £19. And you're actually getting quite a lot for your money because it's a small batch, very, very high quality ingredients. It is actually harder to produce good alcohol-free than it is to produce with alcohol because of the qualities of the alcohol being able to strip flavour. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and just as an illustration, you know, there's lots of places you can go now and create your own gin, do a little gin experience. And you have a bit of that and a bit of this and a bit of that, and you, you do your thing and you get your bottle. It's hard to get a great gin like that, but most people will go away thinking, well, I've produced something that I can, I'll drink. 
I can almost guarantee that if you put the same people in the same situation and said, right, and do water distillation, you'd get a lot of bad reviews because people wouldn't walk away with a product that was great because it's harder. You know, you have to know your ingredients better. You have to, it's a completely different process, although very much part of the same family. It takes a lot of skill. It takes more energy because we're boiling at 100 degrees rather than at 70 to 80 degrees to get alcohol off. It takes more botanicals because we don't have the qualities of alcohol stripping the flavour out. And really, as a comparable product, we're actually cheaper. We're not competing with Gordon's Gin. That's not what we're competing with. And, and look at the price of Gordon's Gin now. If not ever being a drinker, you probably never noticed. But what Gordon's Gin is ridiculously cheap now compared to even what it was 25 years ago. You know, you look at it oh, really? and there's, there's no increase based on inflation. If you look at the costs, you know, it's incredibly cheap alcohol now. I think with our product, we make a quality product in a really mindful way, in a sustainable way. It's a craft product and you have to pay for craft. People have forgotten about paying for craft, whether it's a piece of jewellery, a piece of clothing or a drink. There's that Lily Allen song. No, it's not Lily Allen. It sounds like Lily Allen, but it's like it costs this much because it took me effing ages is basically <laughs> what the lyric is. And it's like, that's what you have to pay for craft. There are lots of products out there now that are mass produced mm-hmm. and it's going to drive the price down and people will find their niche. And as I say, we're not competing with Gordon's Gin or Gordon's 0.0 Gin. We're Bax Botanics producing an artisan drink, which we understand is luxurious. We tried to get it in a price point, so it, it didn't prevent people having it. It was a reasonable price, but we do see it as a luxury product. Fair enough. What about cocktails and mixers and everything for it? I mean, I was in a restaurant in Oxford last week and they had Bax yeah. was, their, was their sort of base drink with their mocktails, no. um, which is not a word I love, but here we are. Have you had anything particularly exciting done with it? Yeah, I like a very simple Bax and tonic or a Backs with ginger beer, but coming from a chef background, mixologists amaze me now because they do what we did with food, but they do it with drinks. They put ingredients together to produce something that is greater than the sum of its parts. And there are some amazing, amazing drinks out there. Some great now alcohol-free bars as well, who are pushing things even further. Places like Torstig in Brighton, and they're just going to start a pop-up in London shortly. And then um, Sipsins recently opened in Liverpool. Uh, and they're doing some really interesting cocktails, which are, sure, are not just mixing drinks, but they're using smoke, they're using incredible garnishes, all sorts of things. So that person who's not drinking alcohol kind of feels like they're part of the party. We always thought when we created Bax, even if you're having a Bax and tonic, that the barman has to craft the drink. So they can get a nice balloon glass, they can put ice in it, they can put a nice garnish in it. You see them kind of create it. It's not coming out of a siphon or straight just popping a bottle and going into the thing, which often the alcohol-free experience is that. So it's that theatre and that being part of the celebration. I think that's really important. Uh, Somebody said to me once, why do we let alcohol have ownership of celebration? And I thought, wow, that's it. That's exactly what we thought from the beginning. Cocktails are great. Luca Rapetti, who used to be the head bartender at the Gong Bar, which is in the Shard in London, produced some amazing cocktails in there with backs and other things. And we, Rose and I, we're inherently creative people. We love playing with, with flavour. There's not really a week goes by when we don't come up with something. We're doing an event this week where it's a mindful drinking event in conjunction with Harrogate Springwater, who are neighbours of ours, really. It's been really interesting just producing cocktails around Bax and Harrogate Spring Water. Mm. So, yeah, I think creativity is the key with it. It's, it's an ingredient in the end. You can use it simply or you can add it with loads of things and create something absolutely wonderful. It's pretty exciting, I think, to play with those flavors. 
I've been very much enjoying it, especially since we've started trying to push the boat out and try a few new things. You did also hint earlier that there might be other flavors coming to your lineup, something that I guess you're working on sort of constantly and you're only going to pull the cord when it's... We don't want to produce something that people have already produced. We ask a lot of people, particularly bartenders, you know, what would you like to have to mix into a cocktail? What flavors would you like? And we're kind of working down that route. We do think that retail is great in the UK, but the route to people's lips and then heart is through getting it into hospitality and that relies so much on barmen loving your product and, and wanting to to make things out of it so yeah we we are much better at creating things than we are at going out and doing marketing and doing books and oh all the other things that being an entrepreneur holds you know and we would love to just stay in some development kitchen somewhere just creating ideas and passing them out through the door so people could go yes let's go and do this with it something more will come i think within the next 12 months fingers crossed can't wait to try it i love talking about my subject you can probably tell that i'm passionate about it so thank you very much for having me here That was excellent. I feel genuinely inspired. He was such a delight to talk to and and has so many good ideas for the future. It's really encouraging to me that they think Mm. there's a market here to expand into that so many of our guests actually have said to us that there is growth here. There are people asking, there are people excited about this stuff because out of purely selfish interest, that's why we're looking for, (laughs) that's why we're looking for all these ideas. That's why we started this podcast is to get more options out there. So yeah, that was really great. And also I have to, you know, just thank Chris because off mic, he was also giving me loads of suggestions of other people we should be talking to and other people who are doing good work in the sector and offering to put me in touch with friends of his so thank you Chris that that was really really appreciated and has given us a real real head start here oh and also go back to our New Year's Day episode where we were actually trying some of the Bax ready mix cocktails which was the loveliest start Mm. to the new year I really like actually the way that a lot of the non-alcoholic spirits companies are both doing them in bottles but also going for the ready mixed brigade yeah it's just a really nice easy way of doing it particularly if you don't want to have a bottle around all the time necessarily well, who was it? It was a, a, an Australian friend of mine, actually, Maria Lewis, who's a fantastic author, a best-selling author of a whole series of fantasy books and, and an amazing journalist as well. But she um, she was over in the UK recently for a few weeks. And, uh, and she said basically that she feels British culture is drinks cans on trains. That is yes. British culture in a nutshell, is sort of those little cans that you get, usually, let's be honest, at the M&S or equivalent at the station. Mm-hmm. And you get your little, I don't I don't even know what they are, gin and tonic, I guess, and drink it on the train. And that to her is now British culture. And it is great to think of a day when I too will have the option of indulging in that culture. We have an entry to our mailbag this week, which Ooh. is very exciting. This is from Emily, who says, Hi there, love your podcast. Really interesting hearing how low note beers are made. Completely agree with you, Emily. Thank you very much. My personal favourite is Athletic Brewing. Their pale ale, Upside Dawn, has been getting me through dry January. Highly recommend a try. Keep up the great work, Emily. Oh, I like that. Partly because I had a ticket to go and see the Stranger Things play before Christmas when I was plagued by a cold and so haven't been. So I think the combination of Upside Dawn and uh, revisiting the ticketing apps might be in my future for at least February. I mean, having drinking Upside Dawn while visiting the Upside Down, this is perfect. I mean, also just superb punning in that name. Yes. Love it. Absolutely amazing. I'd agree. And we also had a nice message on Twitter from the Geek Pub Quiz, which is, as you'd expect, at Geek Pub Quiz. I can highly recommend the Pop Culture Podcast from Kat Brown and Helen O'Hara. Thank you very much. I'm a teetotaler going on five years now, and thanks to this podcast, I now have a big list of 0% beverages to try out and enjoy 
going to start with the Sour Cherry Cola, the one we had last week, and the Mashgang Range. So thank you very much, Geek Pub Quiz. They are also a very good pub quiz, and they, they occasionally put up some of their quizzes on Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. I refuse. Um, so uh, <laughs> so it, they're very much worth a follow, by the way, there. Thank you very much for the kind words. Very much so. And if you're drinking along with the podcast, then that's fantastic. We're starting to put up pictures of what we've been drinking. But yeah, so if you want to follow along with those, we're also going to pop the names of the drinks that we're having each week in the episodes so you can take them all off as you go and let us know your thoughts and if you've got anything that you'd like us to try if you've got any questions if you'd like us to find something for you in particular because we love a quest then please do drop us an email to popculturedrinkspodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on instagram where we're popculturedrinkspodcast We've also got a lovely bookshop at bookshop.org where you can shop our favourite non-alcoholic books, including books by us and by our guests. So you can just go to bookshop.org and search Pop Culture, the Soft Drinks podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's been absolutely lovely to have you. And Helen, thank you for a cracking interview all about backs. That was lovely. Thank you for the kind words. And do consider, by the way, listeners subscribing to the podcast or leaving us a lovely five-star review on your podcast provider of choice because all of them really do help. See you back here next week for more drinks chat. Drink up. Lots of love. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.